Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome on, welcome all. It is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. It is 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the dot, which means we are live on our on in whatever various places, various platforms, the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog of the Boys Twitch channel, the Blog of the Boys Facebook page for our weekly Blog of the Boys roundtable. If you're with us live, we love you. If you're not, we tolerate you. You can, of course, catch the rewatch at any one of these platforms. You can also listen to this show on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. Basically, anywhere and everywhere, all throughout the Blog of the Boys universe, you can access this show that we're about to have for you. You can also see, hear, and read the fantastic work of myself and my various colleagues who have joined me here tonight. My name is RJ Ochoa, and going in clockwise order here for the visual audience, Tony Catalina, who has adjusted his background. If you have watched many around table before, this might be jarring. Tony, you've assured us you're in the same space on the face of the earth. You've just rotated a little bit. A little bit of rotation, put down the green screen. It was uh, it was bothering me, so I wanted to go uh, just regular regular tonight. Uh, I see you're wearing a hoodie too, uh, Tony. You are in the uh, the Boston area. What's the outside temperature right now? I believe it's like 63. All right, get the hell out of here. Danny <laughs> Phantom is with us here tonight. Um, not the opposite quadrant, but kind of part of the country. Uh, Danny Phantom, what is the temperature both inside and outside where you are at? Uh, it is Chuma Idoga degrees. That's what I will tell you. Yeah, I'm somebody who does that too. Like you think uh, in Dallas Cowboys jersey numbers. That's well. Said. Well, I think the perfect temperature is Ty- Tyron Smith. Personally, that's like my most comfortable temperature. So, um, you know, so I do speak in those terms. Danny, are you saying that you like 77 degrees inside the house? I that's a comfortable temperature for me. So. I think your definition of comfortable is a little bit weird, but, um, you know, hey, to each their own. Uh, We've already got three points, by the way, from uh, Casey for Tony. He says three points for Tony right off the bat. He's back in the number one spot, Mr. Punctuality. It's a bit of an inside joke um, that I think we have to explain at this point. Um, The order that they appear in here on the roundtable is the order of arrival. So Tony was here first with me, so that's why he goes there. Danny was next. Brandon Clements, you were late. You were Mr. Tardy, so no points for you. Uh, but welcome. You are also a part of the Boston area. I don't know if anybody knows whoa, this. You're whoa, a fan whoa, whoa. of the Syracuse hey, Orange. Hey, hey, well, hey, I mean, hey. same general area. I mean, That's you know. Totally, totally I, I got the Syracuse thing in there, though. I mean, I thought that would make you happy. That that, that does make me happy. The, 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 the Q should be in the top 25 football coming soon. Yeah, but Tony Tony knows this. You know, from Central New York to, you know, to, to Boston, it's like four and a half, five hours from where I'm at. So we're in a different part of the country. And Danny Phantom, 77 degrees. Oof. I like a nice, uh, I like it 70. And I'm actually, I'm at 56 degrees uh, outside right now here in upstate New York. Um, okay. Uh, by the way, do people really call it Cuse or is that something you're trying to make happen? Um, no, it's the, if, you're, if you're from here, that's, that's, that's the thing. We call you're it that lazy? Like you can't say Syrah. It's just got to be Cuse is what you're saying. Yeah, we just, we, we, we just call it Cuse or, or, you know, orange, you know, whatever works. 
Um, okay. Um, well, Danny, you picked up three points for your measurement of life in Dallas Cowboys jersey number. So Mr. Cuse uh, has the lone goose egg right now. It is three apiece for Tony and Danny, but a long night and a long game ahead for us. Uh, tonight, the boys have been prepped. Uh, we're going to be playing a game of buying or selling. The Dallas Cowboys, I don't know if anybody is aware, are kind of the talk of the town. Um, outside of your average Eagles fan on the internet, it is very difficult to find someone who is willing to disparage America's team these days. Everybody is willing to kind of bend the knee that the Cowboys look like, if not the best, the second best team in the NFL after two games worth of play. I think that is an assertion, Tony, that we all agree with. I think we're all willing to acknowledge that it is a very small sample size. On top of that, we're all not only willing, but eager to say that we have fallen for this before and been hurt in the past. In fact, the last time Dallas was 2-0, and four years ago, they got to 3-0 and before losing three and ultimately finishing 8-8 eight and eight and moving on from the head coach. So we're not trying to crown anybody just yet, but the vibes are very good right now, Tony. Absolutely. And I think you alluded to it on Twitter earlier, X earlier, where you said like anybody who doesn't give the Cowboys flowers for what they've done so far in two weeks is just, you know, got a bias or the hate and whatever the case may be, because everything you've asked of this team to do to this point, they've done it right. I mean, understanding that it's only been two weeks and what 70 to 10 and in the manner that they've done it, it, you have to give respect to that. And you're right. We've seen the shoe drop in years past, but I think we all would agree that this team is built a little differently. And I don't think anybody, any of us really anticipate some dramatic fall off here. Danny, before we get into the game, what does this start most remind you of? Which year? Um, I mentioned that 2019 was the last time Dallas got off to a 2-0 start. I don't know that people would say 2018, even though they won the division because they were sputtering so much on offense. Uh, 2016 had the loss at the beginning of the season, and then the whole rookie phenomenon with Dak and Zeke started. My personal answer would be 2007, but I don't know if you agree. I think it's a good answer. I mean, it's... It's hard to really uh, gauge like how long it's been since I felt the way I feel right now. I mean, you might even have to go back a little bit um, longer. I mean, because I, I feel like there's been a lot of a lot of years, you know, even most of Garrett's era where I felt like the Cowboys were contenders. I felt good about the season, but I don't know if I've ever felt like we're the team to beat. We're those guys, and so it's, it has a different feel. Uh, right now so I mean I don't know I just feel like it's been a while since I felt this way Brandon I think Danny put it well there were always times over the last I don't know even if you want to go back to 2007 which predates the well the Garrett as head coach era that at least um, so you're talking 20 years where it has felt like okay we have a seat at the table but right now it feels like we're seated at the throne absolutely I mean right now this team is you know by all like most most major metrics I mean the they're ranked in the top five, and in a lot of cases, they're number one in the league right now. And yes, sure, the sample size is what it is. But I do agree with you, RJ. I think for me, as you know, as a Cowboys fan, you know, in recent years, I mean, 2016 was a good year where they won 13, 13 games. But 07 was I really liked that team. I, I thought I thought that team at that point in time, I thought they were going to be the team that could finally uh, get the get, get off the schneid with the Super Bowls, but. Yeah, I, you know, it's a small sample size, but if you look at all the, the, the scoring offense, for example, is number one, obviously it's 70 to 10 with the, the differential. I mean, you can look at all these numbers and it's just, it's the Cowboys are, I don't even think it's a debate at this point, you know, through two, uh, two games, the Cowboys are the number one team in the league. And I, I'll stand pat on that one. And as someone who has been very optimistic about the Cowboys chances this year. So, you know, so far through two games, I feel pretty good about, you know, that 13, 14 win uh, number that I put out for the, for the, uh, you know, in the preseason. So I'm, I'm really happy with the team right now. 
Brandon, your birth is on Thursday. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I won't dox you, but you told us how old, I guess I'm about to, uh, but you told us how old you were going to be earlier in the week. Yeah. Um, and I did not realize that we're about to be the same age. My birthday is next month. Uh, so 2007, the fall of 07 was our senior year of high school. Um, so that kind of was this magical energy for me, at least how I remember that Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah, no, it, it, actually, I, I was I was actually in my freshman year of college. At, uh, All right, nobody cares that you were ahead, Brandon. Yeah. No one's here to – you don't get extra points for, no. you know, accelerating through high school. All right, let's, was, let's, it, stop. It was let's, a good year. That's the past, dude. I mean, let it go. I know, but it was, you know, it's kind of scary to think that 2007 was, what, 16 years ago? So that makes me feel really old. So. Tony, you raised your hand, I guess, to talk about Brandon's freshman year of college. No, no, I just <laughs> – I was – that, that moment is like a canon moment for me because – I was on vacation in Disney. My family booked a vacation during the Cowboys playoff run. We lose. I lock myself in a closet. And the last thing I remember is my dad saying, get out. We got to go to Carabas for dinner. And I was forever scarred for the rest of my life over that. You're, so. you're talking about the divisional loss of the Giants after yes. the, the Cabo trip. It's exactly. interesting that you went to Carabos uh, right after the Cabo, you know, sort of infamy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good times. If that happened today, by the way, I don't know that. We would ever survive. Like if the Cabo thing happened in, in today's era of, of the Internet, uh, it would be very difficult. But sorry, everybody, for bringing up the negative memories. All right, let's get things started. We have a hat trick for each of our contestants here so far tonight on the scoreboard. Your first prompt, Danny Phantom, I'm going to kick it to you. Buying or selling the Dallas Cowboys have the best defense in the NFL? I'm lobbing softballs here to start, guys. Yeah, no, that's that is a softball. I am absolutely buying this with with all the money I have, because, I mean, I knew this. This defense was good going into it, but it's almost like if you look at every little facet of it and started like the upside of each one, it's all coming to fruition. I mean, every little bit, like the interior defensive line that we had questions of Mark, questions about. I mean, how, can you remember last time you felt this good about? You know, the you have a trio like Osa is gonna he's gonna be like a Pro Bowl player this year the way he's playing, and then you look at the linebackers that we had some concerns about and who they even got there. Not feeling those concerns anymore, and then of course the secondary is fantastic. It's it's like we thought about how good they could be if um, you got that defense coming at them, and it's like they're doing it. Like everybody has a pick, and so I just don't. And of course it all ends, you know, starts and ends with the guy who we all thought it's like okay, this is going to be it for him. This is his year, and he's dried on schedule. Um, and so I just think that. You know, with Micah leading the way, this Cowboys defense is just phenomenal. I mean, Quinn has got this group into, a, you know, a spot that we just haven't seen before. And they're the best defense in the league. And I don't even think there's any question about it. Uh, by the way, Kevin um, said in the in the chat um, that Danny, Brandon, and RJ are not old enough to remember the last time Dallas defense looked this good. So, Tony, you know, maybe you want to adjust the hairstyle or something. You you seem to look old enough like you <laughs> Uh, you know, remember, uh, I think, I think Kevin needs to adjust his glasses there because <laughs> yeah. Danny uh, does remember. And so, I'm the youngest. Yeah. Tony's the I'm... youngest person here, <laughs> yeah. but you know, uh, not mentioned, uh, in that interestingly, uh, Brandon, uh, you know, same question, obviously, but to set you up, Osa Odigizua has kind of become the new star uh, of the defense two games. And everybody knows about Micah Parsons. Demarcus Lawrence is obviously a household name. Leighton Vanderish, Donovan Wilson, J. Ron Curse, like the list goes on and on and on. But it does feel like Osa over the first two games, I mean, he's tied with Micah Parsons in terms of number of sacks this year. Again, we don't have to say it a million times, very small sample size. But Osa has really, you know, levitated, which is the incantation in Harry Potter, Wingardium Leviosa. Yeah, I mean, Osa's doing a great job. He's he's really taken a step this year. And uh, it, the cool fact about this defense is there are three guys in the top 12 so far. I know it's through two weeks 
that are uh, in the top 12 for sacks. Obviously, you mentioned it, Micah Parsons, three, Osa, three, and then Dorrance Armstrong has two. So we have three guys in the top 12 for sacks this year. And then just I'm just looking at my numbers here. Number one in turnover differential, number one in points allowed, number one in least yards allowed, number one in yards allowed per play. And then they're tied with the Browns with uh, giving up zero touchdowns, zero uh, percent scores in the red zone. Like they're checking all of these boxes. It's it's absolutely insane. And then if you look at the the one the one metric that I thought was interesting when I was doing you know I was doing a little digging uh, this afternoon, no Cowboys player according to ESPN stats where uh, they're in the top 85 in tackles around the league. You mentioned Marquise Bell. He's leading he's leading the team in tackles with 12, but he's ranked 86. I don't even think that's a negative thing. I just think that shows how good this defense is, where they're spreading the they're spreading the, the you know the love around and they're all making plays. This team is it's talented, it's deep. Everybody knows their job. Dan Quinn's got these boys ready to rock and roll, and this is this is a hell of a defense. And I'm looking forward to uh, watching them play the rest of the year. Uh, I did want to get one stat out here because you were kind of ripping through them, Brandon. Uh, friend of blog of the boys, uh, Bobby Bell. He texted me this a while ago. Um, he tweeted this out too, by the way. The cow. This was. It's a difficult thing to kind of understand, so I'll try to word it slowly. The Cowboys have not allowed their opponents to take a second half snap inside of their forty yard line. That's wild. Like to to really think about that for a second. And again, only two games. Uh, but you know, it's one thing to say like, oh, they've only allowed one touchdown, but to not even let them take a snap beyond the forty uh, is pretty insane. What say you, old man Canalito? It's it's honestly baffling to be honest with you it's this is we we knew this defense would be good we heard about it all training camp we we see what dan quinn now and you know as he's progressed every year this defense has too uh but the 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 numbers that brandon bring out and what bobby texted you it, it's a it's eye-opening right because we i don't think anybody in our wildest imaginations thought through two games they'd be averaging five points per game allowed like that's that's nuts especially when the way people talked about the Giants coming into the season and what we thought this Jets offense was going to look like with Aaron Rodgers. No, even so, I mean, there's a lot of revisionist history with, you know, a lot of people hyping Zach Wilson up leading up to it. And then when you beat him down, you're like, oh, well, it's still just Zach Wilson. It's like, I don't care who it is. Like this team doesn't matter who it is. They're, they're, they're just playing with this type of energy. And I'll even say to, uh, I saw Darren Woodson speak today. I don't know what station, oh, you might've been with Adam Schefter. And right. he was talking about how, um, you know, when when they gave up the touchdown, they were like yelling at each other on the sideline because the it just one touchdown was unacceptable. This defense is is looking at things in an absurd manner where if somebody gave up a touchdown, like they're the BS about it. So it's just the, the the level of good to great is is it's been it's it's set the mark here, and this team is really doing some special things. Danny, you mentioned um, in your spiel, um, you're all buying, by the way. Tony, Brandy, you didn't totally mention it, but, you know, just making that assumption here. But, Danny, you noted um, that it all starts and ends with Micah Parsons. Look, nobody disagrees with that. And I know this is a weird point to make, but I almost think that if Micah never existed, they would be challenging for the best defense in the NFL. Like, he is the front man. Don't get me wrong, but, like, this isn't – we have seen versions of the Cowboys where they have been great on one side of the ball, and it has felt like they have had one Superman – and everybody else was kind of a mere mortal. And maybe nobody is on Parsons' level, but they have an enormous amount of playmakers all throughout the group. They do. Um, and uh, but I think, obviously, you know, Parsons just accentuates that in as far as, you know, because, I mean, you look at that, how the, the Jets were coming out with somebody with two, maybe a third guy lurking. I mean, they're so focused on this guy. So I don't even like to even imagine what it would look like. 
but certainly if if you you know you make you make a good point in the sense if you run down this roster run down the starters you know and then the de- next five guys of depth they're just fantastic they got so many guys you know you know brandon great stat with the t- showing how everybody's got to get involved and stuff but and then it just it's it's going i mean it, it's happening at every position so I just feel like this Cowboys defense, they're they are great at the top. They're great with the depth. I mean, I said I was buying, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I did buy them. I, I bought the Cowboys defense in fantasy. I paid eight bucks for them in my auction. They're the ah, highest. Gross. They're the highest defense that, well, it's, that, that's no, gross that you do an auction draft. That's the only thing I think. Oh, no, don't yeah. even get me started. That's, that's <laughs> what, that's what real fantasy players do. But nonetheless, I don't typically go after Cowboy players because you know i just unless i get a good value so a lot of times i get dak but i went after the cowboys defense i paid the extra money and i tell you what they're helping me i'm off to a good start with them so uh definitely i'm buying the cowboys defense uh quickly brandon tony do either of you prefer auction drafts um absolutely not yeah, but i okay. do like i do like no. the waiver where you like you make a bid for your waiver that's yeah like. no that's cool I why mean, do you like... like that why do you like that think about why you like that Okay, and that, you, mean, have you have you ever tried auction? Of course. I, I mean, we're all yeah. oh, yeah. adults. I mean, but like, yeah, I I'm, I'm, are you sure? Because once <laughs> you try it, I don't think you can go back. Personally. The, the best waiver order or the best waiver procedure is the fixed order um, that doesn't reset every week. Like, if you're doing that where your waiver wire resets every week, like, okay, let's play an adults game. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you shouldn't allow last place to just get the first priority on the waiver wire every week. Bad, like, bad. I'm fine with that. But uh, auction style drafts miss me. Uh, Danny, Kevin has taken away three points for you for too much for a defense and special teams, even if it is downs. Uh, but that canceled out with Mark, who gave you three, said I made sure I got Dallas defense in my two leagues. I don't believe in getting a defense early in general, uh, but that's just me. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, we had a comment that I was going to use to segue into the next one. Uh, Casey says, legitimate pitch here. Micah should be the new spokesman for sleep number. We all know opposing linemen are losing sleep thinking of playing him. Uh, my segue is kind of loose, but thank you, Casey, for the launching point. Nonetheless, Dak Prescott is a spokesman for sleep number. So, Tony, I want to start you uh, with this one. This is the best that Dak Prescott has looked since late 2021, the version of him that we have seen through two games this year. It's no secret um, that Dak, I don't know if y'all know, Dak Prescott led the NFL in interceptions last year uh, and, you know, played well, certainly in spite of that. Um, But I think in an overall functionality sense, you could argue that this is the best he has looked since the, you know, even before, because that second half of 2021 kind of broke offensively. But around that time is the point. Buying or selling that take, Tony. I'm buying it, and it's it's all based on comfortability. He just looks like a guy who completely understands what he has around him. I think him and Mike McCarthy are in lockstep of what this offense needs to look like, so he's operating in that assumption. Like, when he's in, like, the rest or, you know, the pocket's closing and he's already gone through his reads and he's kind of scanned the field, he just ho-hum chucks it down to, you know, Tony Pollard or, you know, ho-hum, and he's, he's dumping it down to somebody in a safe spot. He only threw one risky ball, and it was on a double pump fake. And I think in his mind, when the one that Sauce Gardner dropped, he's probably like, all right, like that's that's 2022 me. I don't need to make that force of a throw. Like It wasn't necessary. But just what he looks like to be able to process this and everything, and we talked about it in nauseum, about the rhythm and the timing, and it's timed up with his feet and the wide receivers being in unison with that. This just looks like an offense that was built for him. And it's probably because it was, right? Like last year, it felt like Kellen Moore taking nothing away with him. I know Danny agrees with me. I think Kellen Moore did a lot of good things. But what I don't think he did was really curtail to the offense, to the to the team he had, right? I think sometimes he gets stuck in his ways. This offense just feels like 
Mike McCarthy is going to do what's best for his quarterback. Understand that, you know, he's capable of throwing at 300, 400 yards, four touchdowns, lighting up the scoreboard. But with this defense, the, the play that you need to make is sometimes the, the, the mistake that you don't. And I think that's where we're at for the first time in his career. And I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing to see. I've told this story many times. Uh, I think we've even played it on some roundtables. The um, Golden Corral analogy that he talked about, that John Kitna, you know, taught him that everybody lines up at the buffet line at Golden Corral for the uh, the prime rib or the steak or whatever. Um, and his the whole philosophy is like, okay, well, we're we're gonna get the prime rib, but we're gonna we're gonna move down the line, and we're gonna get the spaghetti, or we're gonna get the fish, and we're gonna get the the baked ziti or whatever. Like, we're not just gonna leave nothing on our plate because we're waiting for that deep shot down the field. Um, so well said, Tony. Uh, Brandon Mark says, I'm not buying yet. I would like to see him be better in the red zone. Um, it's funny because if you kind of, you know, you know, butterfly effect things just a little bit, if Peyton Hendershot holds on, right? If the if the first week, you know, gets converted a little bit, Dak Prescott looks like even more marvelous. Right now, there's a lot of statistics that lend to his efficiency and success as is. Uh, but that being said, Brandon Clements, are you buying the idea that this is the best Dak we've seen in approximately two years? Absolutely. This, this is, this, Dak is, Dak is rolling right now. You know, whatever, the, whatever with the stats, I think it's 199 yards, uh, passing yards per game. That's just more of a, more of a Texas coast uh, style offense where he's more efficient. He's completing the high, highest career. I mean, I know it's two, two games, but 71% completion percentage already. He's on a roll. He has zero picks. I know the sauce one that was, that was maybe the only throw that I felt like was not, you know, you know, was not the, you know, a Dak that I like kind of throw, but Overall, he's he's made great reads. He's he's looking scanning the field well. His QBR is the highest in his career, eighty three point seven. I mean, he's Dak is checking those boxes. And I'm not. And again, I saw the the Cowboys Twitterverse like losing their minds about uh, the conservative play calls, especially in the week two. I am okay with it. Like to me, I wasn't upset about it because the game was in hand. The defense was doing what they're supposed to do. So you know why? You know I like stepping on the gas as much as anybody else, but. I felt like they, you know, the game was in hand. Let's just run the ball. Let's just have, you know, let's not, let's just play smart football. And for me, like Dak Prescott is playing some very smart football. He's, he's spreading the ball around and, and, and Dak, sure. The, the passing yardage. I mean, I, I, I want to see the Dak 5k because that's, that's what I've been putting out there all, all off season up to now, you know, maybe that's not where it goes, but I don't even care because if his completion percentage is 70% over the year, that's, that's a heck of a season. And if his interceptions are, or you know, under under double figures for the year, that's a heck of a season. So for me, Dak Prescott through two games and since since late 2021, this is this is the best version of Dak Prescott that I've seen. Danny Phantom, the word conservative has a really um, negative connotation when you talk about quarterback play. Uh, but in this case, it feels like the Cowboys offense and namely the play of the quarterback, whether that be the instruction that he's given or the coaching that he's given or the execution that he ultimately has, needed a dose of that. Yes, I think so. Um, I mean, I I was a little surprised to, you know, to think that it that it did because I I think that the best version of Dak is, I think we've seen better versions of Dak. I, I I'm not I'm not buying on this narrative. I, I think he Dak's Dak's looked really good, um, but I've seen some pretty spectacular Dak in the in, in recent years. Um, where he's really just like played at an elite level. Uh, now this is so not the a game on. last year as an as an example to your point. Like that was supreme. Yeah, game. there's there's handfuls right. of games like that where he was just off the charts. Look at this guy. You know, this is why he's got the money. And there's you know there's no doubt about it. And I'm not. That's not to say that what he's doing so far isn't fantastic. I think he's playing great. 
Um, but I just think that maybe like the setting level right now for him is just not that high. It's just kind of more in- intermediate. He's being, he's not being asked to do a whole lot. I, I always, I think of it as like McCarthy is like driving in the slow lane, which, you know, you're going to get to your destination just fine. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a little more safer and that's fine. And, you know, is, is McCarthy kind of gearing things down a little bit to just make things easier for his quarterback? Yes. Is it working? Absolutely. You see how quickly he's getting rid of the ball. You can, I mean, you're seeing a very smart and uh, well-disciplined Dak Prescott. And I don't know how you could really have issues with, with anything that he's doing, but I've seen better Dak in recent years. Uh, Tony and then Brandon. I will say, you know, to Danny's point, the, the the almost dumbed down of the offense last week felt like a a, a product of the opponent. Whereas, like literally, the only way the Jets and Zach Wilson can stay in this game is if we give it back to them, right? If we if we Josh make Allen a mistake, did. yeah, you know, Josh Allen did, and as a result, sure. they you know Zach Wilson wins the game. To your point, so as long as you don't turn the ball over, and make a silly mistake. So it's like, yeah, the red zone efficiency wasn't what we want to see last um, on on Sunday, but they're like, okay, we'll let Brandon Aubrey make every kick and we'll go up and we'll just nickel and dime this team to death. So, and that's what they did, but I have no doubts in my mind that it may call at some point where Dak is going to have to be that hero Dak where you know, 300 yards, he's unconscious, you know, he's hitting CD lamb on deep balls and like they're scoring, you know, 30, 40 points and it, it'll be a time when he needs to do it. But I think what the, the distinction between Kellen Moore and I think a commenter said it here, I don't know who it was, but they said it felt like, Kellen Moore. Hang on, Tony. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Save that for okay. a second. You know what I was we're, get, we're getting there. Yeah. 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 Okay. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, Brandon, anyway, that was a good comment. That's perfect. Okay. Brandon. Yeah. So uh, to, to Danny's point, I respect it. I, I'll just say this 82, uh, 82% completion percentage in week two, 13 straight passes completed, career high for Dak Prescott. Uh, and uh, to me, he's just, he's sure he's not throwing bombs left and right, but he's, he's playing within the style of the offense, this Texas coast. You know, offense. I think he's. I think he's managing it well. I just, to me, I, I don't. I, I don't want him to do too much if he doesn't have to. He's staying within with himself. He's making smart plays. He's checking it down. The short. The the. I mean, right now his his yards per per attempt are even very low. I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to do in this offense. And, and to me, I think. I mean, Dak. The stats. The stats don't lie. He's he's crushing it right now. Okay, so Tony was about to get to a great comment that we had. Uh, and I'm going to use it to uh, – I have two comments that I'm going to use to segue to our next one. Mark says, Texas Coast offense is stock up. And this is the comment you're talking about, Tony, from Rick Ursolini, who says, I think Jimmy Johnson said the difference between Kellen and McCarthy is Kellen wanted points and McCarthy wants wins. That is a, a great way to put it, obviously. Uh, so, Brandon, you get to go first. And I set Danny Phantom up last because it's about his favorite guy. Buying or selling the Mike McCarthy decision to take over play calling is aging wonderfully, Mr. Clements. I absolutely love it. I, I, I like the, I like our our, our followers. Buying or selling is the verbiage, guys. That's the name of the episode. Buy. Buying I'm, or selling. Buying Here we it. go. I'm buying okay. it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it a million times. It, it to me, I love it because what the what the uh, follower said there was he literally, you know, Kellen Moore was chasing points and McCarthy's chasing wins, and I. And yes, a lot of fans didn't like the conservative approach. But last time I checked, the Cowboys are 70 and 10 so far this year. And yes, we have a defense. We have this and that. But Mike McCarthy, you know, he's calling a hell of a game. Like both these games, he's done it right. Like he, he's felt it out. He's he's feeling the game very well right now. And he's given, you know, he's, he's mixing in some plays with Kevontae Turpin, for example, getting in there. Deuce Vaughn's getting some plays. 
like he's using guys that maybe Kellen Moore wouldn't have used so much because Kellen Moore was here last year and we had a burner like Kevontae Turpin and he, he barely used him. Sure, he had the USFL season and whatnot, but when you have a guy as good as a Turpin, for example, it's, it's good to get him a couple touches here and there just to let him let him try to break one. He's just one of the best, you know, one of the fastest guys in the league. So for McCarthy, like with McCarthy doing what he's doing right now, I'd rather chase wins. I mean, the hell with the points. Give me the wins. I'd rather wins. If we get enough wins throughout the year, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Tony, um, you interviewed Kevontae Turpin with Ian Davis on first and 10 the week of the Super Bowl. We've talked about that a lot. Um, he said he wanted to be used offensively. He has more offensive touches through two games this season than he did through 17 last year. That's your setup for this. That's your, that's your moment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I thought there was like another add to it. No, but you're right. I mean, he asked for it and he worked for it and he got it. And I think what Brandon alluded to was – a real fact the guy played over 30 football games in one calendar year he got a real off season he got his legs back underneath him and he's given an opportunity to show what he can be at full strength now you also add the fact that mike mccarthy isn't afraid to use him and get him involved and even got him a touchdown in week one so there's different ways and and dak found him in a big third down in the game on on sunday so it's this is the type of things you like to see Jalen Tolbert, you know, three catches for 18 yards, but you know, he drew a penalty. He got a first down. Like some of these guys that, you know, we hadn't seen last year for whatever reasons, various reasons, not Kellen Moore's fault. It's really not even Mike McCarthy's doing, but it just feel like what you're seeing from this offense with, you know, all things considered, it feels and looks a lot cleaner this year. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. Tony, before we set Danny Phantom up for the matinee performance on this question, um, I like these two comments from Diesel80 in conjunction with one another. Uh, first one says, the goal isn't to score 50. The goal is wins. And then added, this is exactly why Cooper Rush was 4-1. and one. And if you look back at, obviously, the five-game stretch that Cooper Rush played in last season, I think an, an argument can be, can be made, excuse me, that the Cowboys, you know, at least Kellen at the time, were almost liberated without having the Maserati, right? Like, they, they almost had to, like drive the car you know what i mean like be because they were limited they had to you know take that low-hanging fruit they couldn't depend on the great athleticism and great quarterback uh, abilities that dak prescott has you can make an argument that the dak's talents you know sort of led kellen down the path that none of us really enjoyed for the last few years yeah and and, and bear with me on this analogy here but you know a cheeseburger 
is a cheeseburger, whether it's low quality meat or high quality ingredients, right? Like you're going to get the win and you're going to get the cheeseburger with Cooper Rush, but you may want the prime cuts. You may want to grind up a better piece. I think this offense, even though both of them can sit there and be like, okay, we got wins one way. Well, it doesn't mean that we don't have to go filet because we got filet. Like we got Dak. He can do some of the same things as Cooper Rush. Go win the game with the better quality ingredient. I don't know if it's, you know, a perfect analogy of what I'm trying to say is coming off, but like, you know, at the end of the day, there's more than one way to do it, and I prefer to do it with the higher quality, I guess. If you'll allow me, Tony, um, Kellamore wanted to make sushi. You ever make sushi at home? Takes forever. It's not worth it. And then it's gone in an instant. That's what Kellamore wanted to do. What we're doing is we want to churn out burgers. We're trying to feed 100 people here. That's what we're doing. Give us the patties. We'll fire up the Blackstone. I mean, we're good to go. So, again, I'm, I'm going to modify things a little bit for you if that's all right. Uh, Danny that's Phantom, right. I actually came to this realization last week reading something you wrote at Blog on the Boys, um, talking about, you know, kind of the difference between Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. And I don't think any of us are here to, to smite Kellen and to say that Kellen sucks or Kellen is awful. But I do think it's worth pointing out, Danny Phantom, that in overtime last week against the Tennessee Titans, Kellen Moore's Los Angeles Chargers got the ball first, tried to go deep down the field on first and second down, got into third and 10, got nothing, had to punt the ball away, and then they lost. You don't have to go for broke all the time, and I think that we're seeing Mike McCarthy, you know, steer things in that sort of overall disposition. Uh, this is one of my least favorite topics to talk about yeah. because, <laughs> because I just think that there's people just run, take something and they run with it with, with the, the whole Kellen and, and McCarthy thing. Um First off, and I think that if you're talking, if you're calling Kellen sushi and McCarthy's offense like just the fast food, I mean, I don't know if that you're doing yourself any it's justice. It's like Whataburger fast food, like it's, it's oh, premier fast food. Just to be very okay. clear. Okay. Well, um, but I I want to I want to say this. Uh, first, I'm buying this. I, I think that uh, what McCarthy's doing for this offense and what he's doing for Dak Prescott is is helpful. And I like what's what they're doing. There's there is creativity. There's a lot of different schemes. I don't think the Turpin or the Tolbert thing is some new McCarthy breakthrough. I mean, if I think it's those guys that got their act together, and that's why they're a part of the offense. Uh, if if they were ready last year, then it's that's an indictment on McCarthy, not Kellen Moore, and them being not being used. So I don't believe that at all. And let's remember. We liked Kellen Moore when the Cowboys were winning. We liked the whack-a-mole in the in the pot and stuff. We, you know, there was fun energy there. There's getting players involved, you know. So it's, I'm just not buying into all this, you know, this this comparison with two and O McCarthy Cowboys and O two Chargers, whatever. I don't care. I know I know what Kellen's doing. The offense looks good. They have a better EPA than McCarthy's Cowboys does. I don't care. I what what I care about is that. What McCarthy's doing fits what the Cowboys are doing. And also, I mean, this defense is fantastic. I mean, we don't know what Kellen Moore would do here. And Kellen's job was to score points. He's the offensive coordinator. That's what he should be doing. McCarthy's job is to win games. But, you know, he, he, when you're the coordinator, just go down, you, you score. It's not your problem to figure out about, okay, you know, let's not take so long to do this and let, or let's go longer or let our defense rest. That's not his job. His job is to to get an offense that can score as much as they can. So I, all these things, I'm just, I'm just not buying into that, but I am buying into the fact that McCarthy, the, what the stamp that he's put on this team while early, it, it's good. I mean, it's, it's aging wonderfully so far. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't want to go, I don't want to get into it and find, and get in a battle with a, like a Buffalo team scoring points or something. And our defense is just not having it. And you guys are asking, where's the beef with McCarthy's offense? Because, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm sold on it. Anthony. 
Yeah. So to oversimplify what you were saying, how you know McCarthy cares about the wins and Kellen Moore cares about the points because that's his job. I personally like a, a play caller and a head coach who's got skins on the wall, right? Like, like you said, at the end of the day, if if the Cowboys lose every game, but you know Kellen Moore put up thirty points and his EPA is great, like his stock is still fine. Mike McCarthy has a lot more invested in the in the actual wins and losses of this team than say a Kellen Moore did. So uh, this year. The, you, you said it, you allude to the Chargers being more efficient. Well, that hasn't really produced wins, right? The Cowboys are smarter, cleaner, and and productive in it. We're 2-0 in historic fashion. So I wonder if, you know, not everything is the same and not everything is equal, but at the same time, I almost want a guy with his back against the wall like Mark McCarthy has it. Brandon. That's it, Tony. That's a heck of a point there, there too, because, you know, if you, a lot of people maybe want to see him out of town this year if he doesn't make it so far. I've said that before. I want to see him go, obviously, to the NFC Championship or bust. But my analogy, I, I like your hamburger, cheeseburger, uh, sushi analogy there. I'm going to stick to cars because, you, know, you know, I'll tell you this. I think this offense reminds me of a very reliable vehicle, which is a Toyota Camry. Nothing flashy at this point, but it's, it, it's reliable. It's getting the job done. That's, that's how I, I look at this Cowboys offense. And uh, you know what? We don't need flash if we're, if we're winning football games. Um, you know, I, I think the, the best analogy isn't really an analogy. It's, it was just the statement that McCarthy made that everybody freaked out about that he has been where Kellen has been kind of Tony to your point about, you know, the pressure is different, you know, on an offensive coordinator as opposed to a head coach. Um, and so he's been there where he wants to light up the scoreboard and, uh, the great OCC tweeted about this this week as well. When when you hear somebody say that, who's going to take over the offensive play calling when they're like, well, I'm not worried about lighting up the scoreboard, you freak out and, and you you think that this dude has lost touch with reality. Um, but we have seen the, you know, the the truth in that. We have seen that, that McCarthy is focused on marrying everything together. And, you know, I, I thought, and I've mentioned this a lot already on different shows, I thought the, the offensive possession after the Micah Parsons fumble recovery that was almost an amazing touchdown, I thought that that was really telling because at the time the Cowboys had a lead. And, yeah, we can sit here and we can argue it and we can say, put your foot on the gas, go for the throw, twist the knife, whatever. But McCarthy knows I don't have to twist the knife on offense. Like, I've got the defense back there. Like, I just have to ensure that we score points, we do nothing stupid, we bleed clock. This is an overall dance. And to your point about having skins on the wall, I, there is value. I, I like this comment from Matthew. says that's his wisdom. He has seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these moments play out in real time. So there is value. Like That's why we wanted Mike McCarthy, right? We wanted somebody who had been there, who had done that, who had kind of stared down the barrel of these moments. And so um, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, this is the greatest innovation in the history of the NFL, Danny. But I do think, and I think you agree, this is what this group needed in terms of the particular strengths that they have as an overall football team, not just as an offense. I do. I do. I do agree that this is what they needed. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of helped, you know, kind of real, real Dak in a little bit. Um, I do have other concerns too. I don't like Pollard getting so, so many touches. I don't, think that, I don't think that's sustainable. I think that's, that's asking for trouble. Um, and I do also, I mean, it was great to see CD tear it up, but I do want to see a little bit more from other guys just so we're not overextending our stars. You know, I don't, you know, I don't want to see CD head over heels all the time when, you know, because I mean, the guys, I know he's resilient, but I just, I do have concerns a little bit, but I, yeah, I, I'm with you guys that what McCarthy's done so far has been great. Um, I'm just not 
ready to say, well, told you so. McKellen was our problem. He's holding us back. Um, Cause I think that's just a bunch of nonsense. Um, but does that mean that what McCarthy does is better for the Cowboys? Quite possibly. And, and, and so far it's looking that way. Um, Tony, really quickly. I like this comment yeah. from Casey. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you're shaking your head at that, uh, but go ahead, Tony. We'll wait. Right, we'll, no, we'll, yeah. Casey, Tony ripped your comment off the screen, not me. I wanted to comment up, but Tony, go ahead. So very quickly, and I won't, you know, hang on to it too long, but I, we had talked about in the offseason where Kellen Moore had these really high highs and then it would really low, low. I think where we can live is with Mike McCarthy in the middle, right? Like the lows won't be as low and the highs maybe not be as high, but if this team is consistently on an even kill where, you know, it's scoring enough points and, and you're doing a game by game situation here, it, it might benefit this team in the long run. Like, like you said, Kellen Moore is liable to drop 12 in a playoff game or 40 on the Eagles. And I don't know if we need that, or we're going to see that from a Mike McCarthy offense. Um, Casey's comment that I liked says, imagine how stupid Mike McCarthy would look forcing the ball down the field. Tony, to your point, Kellen was too aggressive and cute at times in the past. It's that kind of play calling that would keep games close with inferior teams. Um, again, the general point, and it's 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 partly that why you could argue the Cowboys blew double digit leads in you know second half fourth quarter last year against Green Bay against Jacksonville. Uh, the tortoise wins the race, not the hare, right? Like you know, kind of an age old sort of thing. Um, I'm glad that that you know invoked a lot of passion out of us. That was really what I wanted. I, I wanted more like cursing and name calling, but you know, I'll take what I can get. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you here. Buying or selling? The Cowboys have offensive line depth. We, you know, lamented ab about this. We screamed about this. We whined about this. We bemoaned about this. And yet, Tyler Smith, who was probably, you know, fifth as far as all starters are concerned in terms of odds to miss time, uh, he has not played yet this season, uh, which is remarkable. And Chuma Doga steps up. Boom. We're all throwing flowers at him. We're singing his songs, you know, after the week one win. Oh, boom. He's gone. Week two against his former team, the New York Jets. TJ Bass, who you've been high on, you know, obviously all offseason. Undrafted free agent, second game ever against the super stout New York Jets interior pass rush. I mean, lo and behold, that's, you know, two dudes who a lot of us were not willing to believe in that have played very well for this team. Yeah, and I had to sell this one. It's because of the wow. injury. Wow. That's your guy. It's your guy, dude. TJ Bass. You've been screaming his name this whole time, and now you're going to sell. I, wow. Not, I, I'm not. I'm not selling on the guys that are there. It's it's the depth. You're, you're talking about the offensive line depth, and, and when you're when you're down, Odoga obviously, who's been who stepped in for the injured Tyler Smith. That situation is not good. But with what we have, I, I'm I'm okay with it. TJ TJ Bass has done a heck of a job. Tyler Biotis is, I think, in my opinion, he's he's earned himself another contract, a, a nice payday for what he's doing. But the, the question is, is depth, and I don't think the, the Cowboys have depth right now because we're one uh, Tyron Smith injury away from being in a, in a deep hole. Yes, I know, like Danny likes Awesome Richards. I think he's got, I think he's got a bright future. But I don't want Awesome Richards out there, you know, all season long. I'd rather have Tyron Smith. So we all know Tyron Smith's injury history. So based on what we have available right now, it concerns me. I like the guys that we have, but we just we. We're, we're too banged up right now. So that that's my concern. And that's why I have to sell it. Tony. I'm, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm not buying it as passionately as I had the other things, but I'm, I'm buying it because I'm pleasantly surprised. Right. I think Chuma Doga opened up some eyes, played better than some people may have thought. I know there are some people within the fan base that felt a little higher about him than some other people. But if you look across the league, a lot of teams have a lot of offensive line issues. It's a league-wide problem. So to have a TJ Bass undrafted guy come in and instill some confidence, right, and then 
the Cowboys have that switch with Tyler Smith. When he eventually comes back, he's really your next up at tackle. And then you could slide a doga in there, which people have more confidence for. So that kind of fortifies the left side as best as you can, if you get in a Tyron Smith situation. So um, there's different flip the switches to flip and there's different scenarios on this offensive line. So coming into it, I think it was everyone's biggest question mark and it's still somewhat of a question mark, but at the same time, everybody has a question mark, but at least we're learning or figuring out some things here. I think with Ty, I, you know, Tyler Smith coming back, we're going to get the five, hopefully everybody out there on Sunday and, and getting Tyler Smith back makes everything just look better in totality. Danny Phantom. Yeah, you know, what's the matter with you guys? I mean, uh, first off, I think RJ gets most of the points because he let off with basically all the key things about this. But I mean, you got to realize that I mean, Chuma Doga, Awesome Richards, TJ Bass, th- those guys have all already played and they've played well. And so we're already seeing that depth show up and play. And, let, and I know the Giants front's pretty crappy and the Jets, they're terrible. Those guys can't run. No, they're great. And look at what they're doing. I mean, do you know how many sacks Dak Prescott has? He's got one. And you know why? Because he ran outside trying to extend the play. It, as a quarterback, it's coverage sack. So it's, look at what the line is doing. So, and I want to say, first off, before I make this next point, I want all, all you guys, I'm requiring this of you to, to knock on some wood because everyone, Brandon, come on. Come on. All right, so Tyron Smith is healthy. He's healthy. I mean, I have. I I, what the hell, Danny? (laughs) Hey, we all knocked, right? You didn't knock. It's on you if you didn't knock. So, I mean, this is the first time that he's you know made it through camp, and he's been health health. He's healthier than he's been in a long time. So, I think Tyron's look good. I, I think the Cowboy. I mean, we obviously Tyler hasn't even been out there yet, but. You have to feel good about the Cowboys if they're if they're missing a player, and they have been both games. Not only one, you know, and they're having their their number one reserve come in and, and does well. They have their, I mean, you know, they're not even missing anything with Chuma. Chuma's played better than any of the Connors have the last couple of years, you know. Hmm. And and man, fast, the Connor Williams disrespect that's still going on is I'm, insane. I'm he was so good. I mean, it's okay. We can admit it. It's fine. He, he struggled his last year, okay. And, and the well, Connor, yeah, because they asked him to play center. I mean, he's a fine left guard. No, he's he struggled his last year in Dallas. And, uh, whatever. I mean, I mean, but are are you are are you not pleased with Chuma? Of course you are. He's he's been playing really well, and I've improved and and pleased with T.J. Bass and what he's done. I mean, look at an undrafted guy. You you know, this is why that we don't see the Jason Peters or the other guys and all the guys you wanted in because the Cowboys they have a process. They let, let these guys come in there. They give them these opportunities and look at look at them now. Now they're ready to go. And so I'm absolutely pleased with the Cowboys offense. I had my own apprehensions second year in the row and the Cowboys have earned my trust now because I love our guy. I love the three guys they have there. Um, I think that's well said. I think the chat has done really well. Uh, we put this comment up from John says, so Dallas has already been down two offensive linemen and looked fine. Doesn't that tell you the depth is there? Tony, you raised your hand. Yeah, I would say, I think, you know, we talked about him earlier, but Mike McCarthy, I want to give credit with the play calling. Dak's getting the ball out. It's timing routes. He's helping the offensive line. He's not making Dak, you know, three, five step drops and and stand back there and kind of survey the field. The ball's getting out quickly, which helps pass protection. I mean, I think we always felt good about this team as a run blockers, but pass protection is where it's been leaky, but it hasn't really been an issue. I think in totality, I think everyone's given up like seven pressures in two games, like in no sacks other than like Danny said, running out of the pocket. So um, the play is there. The, 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 you know, the, the depth is coming along and Mike McCarthy's helping the guys up front. Brandon. 
Yeah, I'll just I'll just hit it, hit it home more one more time with the, the selling point. Right now on the depth chart, there's six healthy guys. So if one guy goes down, we're we're in big trouble. Sure, we can call up Brock Hoffman or Earl Bostic, but at this point on the roster right now, there's six guys. Yeah, they've all played well, but we're one injury away from being in big trouble. Well, I mean that's fair, but they're utilizing the depth, which is I, I think Danny and Tony in the chat's point. Uh, but so far, we've had an opportunity where Tony and Brandon bought something and Danny sold. And we just had an opportunity where Danny and Tony bought something and Brandon sold. So, Tony, you're the only one who hasn't been brave enough to go out on an island yourself. Uh, but maybe it's here. In, in fact, we'll save you as last to give you the potential opportunity. Danny Phantom, buying or selling? Luke Schoonmaker is a weapon in the red zone. As a weapon in the red zone. Whatever. Oh, I forgot what I typed. I'm buying it. No, I'm... I. It, I love Schoonmaker, uh, Ferguson, both of those guys, you know, everyone's worried about it. People are wanting to trade for Kyle Pitts and silly stuff. And we should have taken <laughs> the Chris Lapor Halling Laporta, Laporta. Or, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, we should have had tied in first round stuff because the Cowboys, they are because they're just not happy with just having guys that are just, um, well, almost McCarthy like as far as, you know, how exciting you are for. For them, but these guys do their jobs extremely well. They they blocked incredibly well in game one, and, and and now we saw them get a little involved in in the passing game. So I think I mean it's just game two, but I'm very pleased with Scooney. I'm very pleased with Fergie. I think that I think those two are everything that the Cowboys need. Uh, so very happy with the Cowboys tight out tight end group. Not worried at all. Um, I would like to see. A little better blocking down when they get in, you know, it's goal line. I, I kind of like miss a little bit, Sean McKeon. Um, you know, I'm, so Hendershot's kind of just still, you know, questionable at times, but he's okay. But Schoonmaker and Ferguson, outstanding. I am buying. I think Schooney by by midseason and beyond, everybody's going to be like, yeah, I get it now. You know, the, the Cowboys were smart to, to go after him in round two. Um, very quickly before we get to you, Brandon, just an update on the score. We're, you know, not quite the 11th hour, but it's like 1030 on the clock. Um, Tony at 47. Danny has been running away with the chat votes. He's at 56. Brandon, you're at 43. Again, never say never here on the roundtables, but Brandon, you are up buying or selling Luke Schoonmaker as a weapon in the resume. For now, I'm, I'm selling him right now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jake Ferguson guy. I, I mean, if you look at the snap count so far. He's actually behind Peyton Hendershot for snap for snap count this so far this year. I'm looking at the percentages here. He's he's had 28 20% in week one, uh, 36% in week two. Pe Peyton Hendershot has had 48 and 36, and then obviously Jake Ferguson. He, he's he's running running away with it. To me, I think at this point, I think with the se you know second round pick, you know he he'll get there eventually, but he doesn't need to be a weapon in the in the red zone right now because the Cowboys have enough weapons. To play with right now they're they're using you know they can jake ferguson scored a touchdown this past week i think jake ferguson is the best tight end on the roster and he was a fourth round pick not that long ago and I, i'm not dissing on luke schoonmaker i just at this stage of the game i just feel like he's behind the eight ball right now when it comes to you know jake jake ferguson i think this is jake ferguson's tight end room and, and everybody else is is playing second fiddle i think that's as simple as that i think luke schoonmaker can get there but at this point it's it's the Jake Ferguson show in the tight end room. Tony Catalina, you do not have the opportunity to go out on an island, but the answer are we waiting to hear? Um, you know, I'm I'm aligning with Danny here. How can I not buy this? Because he has one reception for one touchdown in the red zone. So <laughs> in his so career. He, in his career. 
You know, yeah. his only catch came in the red zone for a touchdown. So I'm buying it because I think that's where, at least early on, I know Danny alluded to the fact that maybe by midseason we're going to be singing the praises of him because he can do a lot more things. Right now, I think where his athleticism and his size and ability could really show out is in that that red zone area, right? You know, there's some some ways to, to scheme him open. I think there is more p- big playability for him inside the 20 and, and move forward. It, you know, to, to Brandon's point, it is Jake Ferguson's team. He's tight end one. You know, I've been, you know, part of that camp for a while now. But I will say there's enough pie to go around here. You know, Luke Schoolmaker can make plays. Like, you know, I – and, and I expect it to, and I think that may have been, you know, something that broke the dam here for him to get that one catch for a touchdown. You know, I mean, right now it's too early to say, but it's hard not to buy when his only catch is a touchdown in the red zone. Um, I have one more left for you all, but I'm going to take one from the crowd. I really like this one from Casey Hammond. Um, if there's like one negative thing that's pretty popular in Cowboys Twitter right now, it's probably discussion around Michael Gallup. A lot of people um are kind of andy and he's kind of woody buzz is here so it's a matter of tossing him to the side uh so the prompt starting with you danny phantom from casey hammond buying or selling michael gallup as our wide receiver three i assume here that the assertion is that jalen tolbert could be a serviceable player in that option or in that spot outside of obviously cd lamb and brandon cooks at the one and two spots i think it's too early to be making any any type of you know, assertion about this. I, I think that, I mean, obviously Cooks missed a game, but even his first game, relatively quiet. He got the PI call, but still I was expecting to see more from, from him. I was expecting to see more from the passing game in general. So I don't, I don't, I think it's a little too early. I know I had a tweet that kind of just, you know, may, basically said it was CD and no nobody else. And that's just statistically what it is. Uh, but, you know, we have to see how things go with, I mean, this offense isn't going to be like this the whole time. Everyone's expected McCarthy's going to be here and it's not going to, we're not going to have any, no, it's going, we're going to have our ups and downs of our own. Um, but what does this mean? I don't know. I mean, do, do, could it mean that Michael Gallup, he, he needs to have a good year this season. And we, you know, we're all waiting to see the old Michael Gallup and we're, we're still waiting. I don't really know what that means. I know that Tolbert looked good in the, the few targets he got uh, on Sunday. He I thought he did a good job blocking too. So, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be, but I feel good about the Cowboys receiving group, even though it's statistically looks very similar to what we were saw last year. It has, it's no way at all like that. So I'm not worried about it, but I really don't know what's happening with Michael Gallup. It's too uh, early Rand- to say. Brandon, uh, you next, but Casey just offers that my assertion on Tolbert being wide receiver three, obviously the whole kind of function of it all. Uh, Casey adds, Tolbert's playing insanely hungry. Something about Gallup feels like he's satisfied with his roster spot or something. All respect to MG13 and saying that. Brandon. I'm still buying the Michael Gallup for, for receiver three. I, I, so you're yeah. you're selling the point that, you know, that he is, you know, out he's, as wide receiver three. Yeah, yeah I'm selling okay. that. He, uh, Michael Gallup to me. Yes, sure. He hasn't he hasn't put up the big numbers so far this year. And again, we're in week two. I mean, we just are going into week three. So it's to me, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you know, looking at the snap counts, he's he's on the field, you know, majority of the time. Obviously, the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys, you know, obviously Mike McCarthy feels pretty highly on keeping him on the field. So to me, it's it's more of the Cowboys. It's it, I think it goes back to the Cowboys defense and special teams, where because of those two units. You haven't had to spread the ball all over the place. That's that's my kind of my, my feel on it. Sure, CD's taken up. You know, he's had he had a, you know he had 11, 11 catches for like 100 almost 150 yards this past week. 
But Michael Gallup, it's not it's it's not like they have to sit there and do the Kellen Moore style offense that they do in, in, in with the LA Chargers. It's you know, it's it's that West Coast style. So for me, his 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 breakout's coming. I really feel that. I he he still looks good out there. He's he's running some good routes. I feel like he's he's there. I feel like he the ACL, I don't think is I don't think he's really thinking about it anymore. It's just at this point, it's it's more the Texas Coast offense more that more so than Gallup. And let's be honest, if you go down the NFL rosters and you look at who's a receiver three, Michael Gallup is probably on the higher end in the league. I don't think too many people would be complaining around the league if they had a Michael Gallup at receiver three. I think he's proven that he's had a good career, and I think I think the I think he's going to be fine this year. I feel like I feel like a big game is coming for Michael Gallup. Tony. So I'm selling the question and I'm buying Michael Gallup. And and the reason why is I think he's a victim of circumstance, right? Look at week one in New York, tough weather conditions that, you know, nobody's really moving the ball around and the game got out of hand so quickly that the Cowboys didn't really have to get into their offensive rhythm. And then week two, I said this on our podcast in first and 10, I think he was the sacrificial lamb in week two, The, the, the Cowboys, you know, versus the Jets, the Jets don't roll their corners like you know sauce Gardner doesn't travel so the one way is say michael gallup you're you're gonna have to face sauce Gardner pretty much for most of these snaps so cd he's gonna walk so cd lamb can run and we saw it happen 11 receptions 140 yards 143 yards and yeah michael gallup's numbers didn't help but you know what It, it was for the greater good so i'm not out here thinking that you know all of a sudden you know, he's, you know, what he is and he's, he's no good at wide receiver three. I think his time is going to come. You're not going to face the Giants secondary and the Giants, I mean, excuse me, the Jets secondary and the Jets defense every single week. Michael Gallup's going to get his chances. And matter of fact, we know how the NFL works. We're going to need him at some point, right? Like I thought we might have needed him last week. And guess what? Even though the numbers weren't there, he served his purpose because Michael Gallup had to go against Gardner and CD Lamb didn't have to. And he made a, you know, had a field day as a result. So um, I think, I think people are a little antsy about what they saw last year and they think that's a part of this year. And I think part of it is a little bit of box score watching, but when you watch the all 22 and see how the team, the team schemed it up, I think, I think he played his role exactly how he had to in week two. Yeah. Kevin noted this same thing about you did about sauce Gardner, uh, Tony and uh, Senor Ray three said in the chat, Dak even told sauce after the game, he wasn't going his way. I don't know if everybody saw that. It was a clip from NFL films. Um, it was a jovial conversation, but uh, Sauce Gardner was, you know, having fun with Dak and said, how come you didn't throw my way? And Dak was like, duh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to throw your way. And uh, and then even later in the clip, C.D. Lamb came up to Sauce and said, you've got to learn how to catch because uh, he obviously jumped the pick. Danny, did you raise your hand? I'm sorry. Yes, I did. First off, excellent point. I, we had, had to get through that without, you know, we couldn't not bring out the Sauce part of it. But I, I want to mention to, you know, a point, a comment that Brandon made that I think we need to look, be a little bit careful about is, yeah, teams will be happy about having Michael Gallup as their number three receiver, but Gallup needs to be better than that because the, the, we know how the Cowboys operate. We know what kind of investments they have and what contracts are coming and stuff. So if Gallup is not able to perform better, he he's not going to last much longer. He's there, I mean, he's going to end up being a cap casualty because he he's being paid more than just your number three right. type of player. So um, I do think that there's still expectations on him, just even though – he is, you know, we just have an embarrassment of riches with wide receiver talent right now. 
That's a fair point. Different context, um, but great assertion, Danny, that Michael Gallup's, you know, sort of paycheck requires that he put up some of the box score numbers, Tony, that you said people are kind of antsy because they don't see. Uh, Delandis playing Casey, who started the prompt, said, kudos to Gallup for being the role player on Sunday. I like the team first mentality, but couldn't anyone else have been the sacrificial lamb to sauce? No pun intended, again, given that CD Lamb was the person who benefited from it. Final one. Um, let's start with uh, our current score. Uh, Danny has 66 points, Tony 65, Brandon 60. Danny, you have the lead, so you can pick You can pick the order. You, know, you can go first if you want and go last, but tell me who's going first, second, and third. I am going to – let's start. Let's go. Who is trailing the most? I'm going to give Brandon the, the, the first shot to, to take as much meat off the bone as he can. So let's go in order, Brandon, Tony, then me. Okay, so Brandon Clements, you are up. Final one of the night, buying or selling. It was the right decision to trust Brandon Aubrey. He has made seven field goals so far in his NFL career. People forget he is a rookie. Uh, seven field goals through a uh, through the first two games of an NFL player's career uh, has only ever happened five times, counting Brandon Aubrey. So uh, some pretty rare air. He had the missed extra point, obviously, in week one, but he has stabilized, and everybody can complain about the red zone deficiency or whatever, but um, it was all okay because Brandon Aubrey was somebody who could be trusted. Plus, he's got a pretty good name, doesn't he, Brandon Clements? He absolutely he has a fantastic <laughs> name, and he spells the correct way in everything. And I've been I've been pounding. So you hate Brandon Cooks? Brandon. Just say it. You can say it. You hate Brandon Cooks? I, no, I, I, he has a great name. He just spells the, he just spells the name wrong. That's okay. <laughs> he sees that we love him here in Dallas. But for for Brandon Aubrey, he like he, he like you said, seven for seven on field goal attempts. He missed the first kick of the year, you know, with the extra point. I'll, I'll chalk it up to two things or three things. I'll say it was, you know, he was a little bit nervous because it's his first professional kick in, in live, you know, live, you know, live games. I don't really count preseason. This is, these are live rounds in the elements. And I think, you know, the weather, the weather played a factor. And also, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but the, the whole operation was a little off there. He seemed like he rushed. He was out on the field a little bit too quickly. So, and I think they, you know, I think Bones and the coaching staff, you know, said, hey, you know, just slow yourself down. Just, you know, do what you do to me. You know, and I know you're a big, you know, you're a big golf guy, RJ. And uh, you know, it, you know how it is when you're lining up the tee, you, you know, if you got to kind of hit, you know, kind of move it a few times, get your waggle, your waggle, your club a little bit, just to feel good and get ready to hit it. That's what Brandon Aubrey has been doing since. And, and uh, you know, that 55 yarder, that was a no doubter. And then right now it's, he's tied for fourth in the league uh, for the longest kick. And uh, a fun fact that I, I, I found out. Uh, so, Nick Folk, former Dallas Cowboy kicker, who I remember very well in that Tony Romo Buffalo Bills game. That 2007 uh, year we talked about a little while ago. Yes, we did. Yeah. I had to tie it back in. That was so, his rookie year. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to uh, out of uh, Arizona State, Nick Folk. Good times. Yes. And, you know, that made a great kick in that game, by the way. By the way. But he t he's actually tied with Nick Folk for uh, for most most kicks. Seven. He's made seven kicks this year. And, and you know, I've been pounding on the table for Brandon Aubrey all offseason. You know, I know a lot of our a lot of our colleagues here at BTB have been asking for for Robbie Gold and Mason Crosby. No, it's this is Brandon Aubrey's show at this point. Those kicks he's made, especially the the five he just made, and you know, and plus the extra point, like he had half the points for the the thirty points for the over half the points for the Cowboys this past weekend. So Brandon Aubrey, he you know, people aren't talking about that. He had over half the points of the points scored for the Cowboys in that Jets game. He outscored the New York Jets by himself with the points he made. He's been very consistent. I get it. You know, it's two weeks in, but so far, so good. The proof is in the pudding. He looks fantastic. 
enough of this Robbie Gold, Mason Crosby stuff. I think we found our kicker for, for at least this year and hopefully uh, for many years to come. Tony Catalina. Yeah, I've come I've come a real long way in Brandon Aubrey personally. I you know, I'm buying him now, but that's a 180 from where I was, right? I was apprehensive. I still had, you know, some I was a little shy from what we saw from Maher at the end of the year last year. But no, Brandon Aubrey has definitely earned my trust. And I actually said it on the podcast. It went from I needed to see him make a field goal in order for me to trust it to I trust him until we see him miss a kick. It's completely changed for me because, I mean, you could kind of tell the way uh, a kicker strokes the ball. And if he's stroking it with confidence, when he hit that 55 yarder, it was dead straight and he had it by another five to seven yards. Like that was an extremely confident kick from a guy who is found his groove. And we know just like you made with the golf analogy, these kickers aren't all that different. Like you can get the yips and you get in and you kind of feel like you can go birdie 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 that's what it felt like he was doing on Sunday so uh the Cowboys stayed true to him they cut you know they got it down to him early in camp and they stuck with him and they rode with him when a lot of people said like you mentioned go get this guy go get that guy I even said that you know maybe Nick Folk was worth the trade or maybe Nick Folk was worth going to get but they stuck to their guns and you know they've made a lot of good decisions you know this front office doesn't get the credit they deserve i know danny's been you know singing the praise of the front office for some time now even when it was unpopular but this is one another one of those situations where they're like no like believe us this kid has shown us some things and it's the proof is in the pudding danny uh tony threw you some props right before you have the chance to kind of slam this thing home for the win floor is yours yeah there's a lot of pudding between the two of them um (laughs) But, you know, you guys, you, I hope hopefully you left me just enough scraps to get by here. I want to say, too, I think Brandon made great points with his first kick, and he mentioned three of them. I want to add one more, too, that kind of, may, you know, maybe got into his head, too, is he just witnessed, you know, a kick that got blocked a little <laughs> bit, to, you know, you know, as a little from, from the right side. So what does he do? He You know, he shanks it to the left. So, um, you know, that could be another thing that could have been, you know, affected him. But he's been fantastic. And not only is he making his kicks now, but I mean, they're just like right down the middle, but I want to say, I want to give some props to, you know, the Cowboys decision-making because we talk about like kickers, how we feel about kickers and, and I I downplay it most of the time because you either got one of the good ones or you're always going to just be, you know, holding your breath. And with the Cowboys in the last couple of seasons, they've been trying to get one of the good ones. They've been trying to like take take a chance on somebody. You know, they're getting some new new person in there to be one of the, maybe the next Dan Bailey. You know, the next kicker that you know, a young guy that has a good leg. You know, it hasn't worked out with some of the the, the dices that they rolled, um, but you know, maybe it has now with with Aubrey too. So, total. I mean, he's one of the top kickers right now. And, I mean, great start. I mean, he's. I think Brett Maher leads the league in actual points. Uh, so which is kind of weird the Cowboys kicker from last year so the Cowboys seem like they they're kind of maybe a little better at this than we give them credit for but I am definitely buy-in I think he's done a, the Cowboys did a great job and I have confidence in this guy you know I'm excited I want to see how far he can do it now so you know so very pleased with what we're seeing from the rookie Brandon are you raising your hand or scratching your face yeah yeah no I I just you know the whole Dan Bailey point I want to kind of bring it back to that the last two Notre Dame kickers the Cowboys have had have, have uh, so far so good. So I, I think the Cowboys are doing pretty good at uh, picking up some uh, Notre Dame kickers. I'll just make that point. Um, I did want to get to this from Diesel80 because uh, I think it was emblematic of a different point we talked about tonight. I uh, said Bones is one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. I think we all agree with that. Uh, but kind of like we talked about what we're liking about the Mike McCarthy experience as opposed to Kyle Moore, 
early in, in the tenure in 2020, there was a high level of aggression that was too much from Bones. And it worked out a lot. They had the block punt. I think it was uh, on the road against the Chargers that year in 2020. But they had that horrible play on Thanksgiving Day against Washington. Like, there was a, again, conservative is, is a, a bit of a taboo word when you talk about things like this. But there was a, a relegating that needed to happen. And we saw that happen. And, and you know, once that stabilized, and the water's calmed. We've seen the kind of fruits of the labor that Bones Fossil has put in. Um, so good for him. Uh, all right. Uh, the votes have been tabulated. Scores have been added. And, man, it was uh, it was a tight race. And, look, um, we've seen big leads being blown here before. And, unfortunately, Danny, you blew it. Um, now, it wasn't your fault. It was just a great performance. Danny, you actually tied for second. Do you know who you tied with? I do not. <laughs> okay, so I thought you were going to guess. You no, tied I'm, with I'm Tony Catalina, honest. which means that Brandon Clements is our winner tonight on the roundtable. Congratulations, uh, Brandon. How do you feel? Brandon Clements, to be very clear, uh, not Brandon Aubrey, not Brandon Cooks, not Brandon Laurie. Uh, Brandon Clements, congratulations. How are you feeling, B1? I'm feeling fantastic. It's, it's nice to uh, come from behind. And uh, win instead of uh, blowing big leagues like, leagues like I have before. And I know Danny was on. Uh, he was on the chat when I uh, I really blew it up a few weeks back. So it's good to come from the the, the rear and then get to the front. And it was a fun competition, as you saw by the scores, 85, 84, 84. That was. I think we I think we all did a hell of a job tonight. RJ, great job with the great questions and and all the great uh, comments. You, you already won. You already won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tony Kevin says, uh, this this happens so often. Says Tony deserves the W this week. The commenters always say that, Tony. You're a man of the people, but you know, yeah, you yeah. you played a great game. It just sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes somebody's gotta take home silver. I'm Michael Gallup this week. <laughs> wow. Uh you got sauced. So what does that mean? Uh you are, Danny Fanta. I don't know. I think if you check the EPA here, I might have come down a little better than than the, what the score reflected. But I will say this, the fact that I was even in it with the whole McCarthy thing, um, I thought, you know, I, I should be happy. And and I give have to give uh, Brandon kudos because I really thought he buried himself with the offensive line comment. So, you know, props for uh, persevering. I don't it's know. Long what, game. Tony, this was yours to to win. I don't know what you did, man. You know, I, I can make a joke, but I don't want to, I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, Anyway, um, wow, uh, the time has come uh, to say goodbye. Um, and unlike the uh, the show that was on when I was a kid, Out of the Box, where they would sing a song when they would do that, we're not going to do that. Uh, but uh, but let's see, Brandon, as we leave, I would like you to pick one of Tony or Danny to tell us in great detail what they had for dinner today and make it sound appetizing. So Tony or Danny, you get to pick. Tony, let's see what you had for dinner, buddy. Tony, you have to make it's us... Underwhelming. Like... Yeah. What do you mean underwhelming? You started the, the food analogy and everything, so you better be prepared for this with Mr. You know, prime rib or whatever it was. You better make us salivate. You've got this. Yeah. Well, the reason why I was doing so many food analogies is because my dinner tonight was subpar. So what I, you know, it's it's getting cold. Like you see, I'm wearing a sweatshirt up in Massachusetts. We tried to grill one last time before the weather changes, so we did burgers and hot dogs on the grill. So the challenge was to make it sound salivating. And it was a only- beautiful, juicy quarter pound cheeseburger <laughs> on a brioche bun served with some hot, crispy crinkle fries. It was just a perfect, perfect meal. 10 out of 10. My man.